The New York Giants get embarrassed again on prime time at home. This is what they do. This is what they do. They lose 24-3. Just maybe one of the worst first four games in the history of, of the NFL. And they're somehow 1-3 because they, you know, actually woke up at the end of the Arizona Cardinal game. But, like, the stats are just crazy across the board with the ineptitude. Um, and, you know, your season is effectively over, uh, if you're being honest with yourself. In the next two weeks, you're at Miami, you're at Buffalo, you're looking at 1-5. and five. You're looking at 1-5. and five. That's just the reality of the situation. And the Giants are one of the worst teams in the NFL. This offense is just completely embarrassing. And, you know, the big story is that, you know, they were sacked 11 times. But uh, the offensive line is just horrible to the point where they can't operate. But Daniel Jones, this might have been his worst game of his career. He was that bad. He was completely terrible. Something just seemed off from him from the jump. Just seemed just not reacting fast enough, just a tick or two off. And so some of those early sacks were kind of on him. And, and then what happened in the second half is the, the, the Seahawks just teed off on the Giants in the second half. But the 11 sacks, um, while definitely like a huge, huge talking point, slightly misleading as well. You know, like, and, and more injuries to the offensive line. John Michael Schmitz gets hurt in the first, the first play of the game, hurts his shoulder. So Ben Bredesen moves over to center. They bring Shane Lemieux in to left guard. He also got hurt by the end of the game with abductor injury. So Glowinski comes in by the end. So your offensive line was Azudu, Glowinski, Bredesen, McKeithen, and Neal. I mean, it doesn't get much worse than that. But with that all being said, um, this game's on Daniel Jones. And... You know, the the fumble, which led to the Seahawks taking a 7-8 lead, was bad, where he's able to escape the first guy and then holds on to it and gets stripped and they recover it. And then the pick six, where the Giants have a chance to get back in the game, down 14-3, just an absolutely awful decision and a terrible pass. And they bring it back and the game's over at that point. So uh, Jones's record now on primetime games is now 1-12. And, you know, it's just very, very disappointing for, for this to happen. And, and look, no Saquon Barkley does not help. That's a big injury. The biggest one is Andrew Thomas, who is out again. And it kind of seems like might have had a bit of a setback. So I wouldn't be so sure, quite frankly, that either of them are back next week. I mean, look, Saquon Barkley had a high ankle sprain. So I, that's an injury. You don't come, he, like, he shouldn't be back next week. And I'll, I'll say he's not. And if he is, he won't be the same. And Andrew Thomas... I, uh, yeah, don't really feel good about that either. So, offense is just a laughing stock and complete joke. And let's, maybe, let's cue up some, some embarrassing stats here. Um, so, so, the Giants, of course, are the only team that does not have a touchdown in the first four weeks of the season. What's kind of funny is, they're not going to have, the earliest that they'll have a, a touchdown at home will be October 22nd. That's the earliest, if they get a touchdown in that game, that they will get a touchdown at home. 
They are the second team since 1940 to be outscored by at least 75 points and have zero takeaways in any four-game span. The only other team was the 2011 Colts, who finished 2-14. They don't have they don't have a turnover on the season. So the defense, who was okay in this game, I I I'm not gonna give them credit, but I'm also I'm not gonna kill them either. They were they were all right, but you know what? The Seahawks offensive line was full of backups. Why why can't the Giants tee off on them? Like what the Seahawks did to the Giants offensive line. So is that asking for too much? And then Drew Locke comes in the game after Geno Smith gets hurt. And on that drive, they actually get a touchdown because Noah Fant is wide open. And Wink Marindale said, oh yeah, uh, check him. That, uh, or sorry, chart him. How the tackling has improved. Uh, I didn't see it there. I didn't see it at all. Bobby Okereke just, you know. A, leaves the guy wide open, and then doesn't push him out. Just push him out. It's not even a matter of tackling. And then Adora Jackson does a terrible job, and so he goes all the way to the one. We'll, we'll get there. The Giants are the four teams since the 1970 merger to 12 by 11-plus points at halftime in each of their first four games of the season. The others are the 2002 Bengals, 2001 Lions, and 1984 Bills. Each of those teams finished 2-14. and 14. This is one of the worst teams in football. Like, no doubt about it. And... Things can change very quickly where Giant fans, you know, love Joe Shane and Brian Dayball. Now there's major, major questions across the board. Talent is lacking completely. And just the coaching is also, you know what? Can we maybe just fire Thomas McGahee? He's been he's been the special teams uh, coordinator for six seasons. I, I think I think his time is up. You know, if you want to shake things up a little bit, that might be the place to go. But they asked Dable after the game and he said, you know, and, and not that he'd answer it any differently, but he said that no, they're not going to make any changes to the coaching staff. So, because the special teams does nothing at all. A, it does nothing. Eric Gray was uh, back for a punt return and fumbled. Luckily, the Giants recovered it. So, they don't provide you anything, and there's just penalty after fucking penalty and just complete unawareness. And also, the, the genius Brian Dable decides... I'm going to have a Dory Jackson return punts. You would have thought he would have learned from last year when he had a Dory Jackson return punts. And I think it was either the first, it was the second game that he returned punts versus the Detroit Lions. He gets hurt. He was out for the rest of the regular season at that point. But let's do it again. The number one corner on your team. We're going to do it again. But, but let's have Sterling Shepard do nothing. Let's have Sterling Shepard basically do absolutely nothing. Have him return punts. Have have just about anyone else return punts than Adore Jackson. It makes no fucking sense, and I can promise you it will backfire. Because also what you're seeing is, whether it be injury or the fact that Adore Jackson, you can tell, has really no interest in, you know, sure, if there's, a, if there's something where he can fair catch it, I guess he'll do that. But there were instances where he, where the ball's basking. He could have picked it up. He had room. He's letting it go. And you know what? I don't really blame him. So that's a joke. But the Giants and the Jets are the only two teams in football who have not, where the offense has not had a single snap with the lead. Yes. Like, that is crazy. The fact there's two teams through four weeks. Like you, I mean, most seasons, there should be none. That is crazy that you, you can't even have just a random 3 nothing lead. It's something simple. And that has not happened because they basically go into the game and get, you know, they're, they're destroyed basically from the outset. 
and these prime time games. Get the Giants off prime time because it's time and time again. And it's also MetLife Stadium. Like over the years, like the Giants, the records probably come out to about even home and away, I would guess, which, you know, theoretically you should have a better home record. But I mean, they just get killed, this team. And it just, there's so many questions that you have to have for this team. And this was a huge game. You went into the season, you looked at the schedule, and, and I, look, you were hoping home against Dallas and or home against Seattle that you could get a win or two there. You ended up beating Arizona, which was expected. You ended up losing to San Francisco, which was expected. But you were hoping in those home games that you could maybe come out there with a win. What happens? You get outscored 64-3 to in those two games. That's what happens. So there are so many historical embarrassing stats that we could throw out there. Um, let's see. No team since it has become a stat has led more sacks in their first two home games than the 18 the Giants led of the season. That's not a surprise. That's not a surprise. There's just, there's so much. And the thing is, not even any, like, attempts for any explosive plays. They only attempted two plays over 10 yards. That was it. That, that's insane. And one of them was intercepted. So it's just crazy that you're in a situation now where I think as bad as things can possibly get, Dayball will be safe. To be fair to that statement, I know that it was a six and ten, what was it? A six and ten season for Joe Judge. I never would have thought, if you really realistically look back at it, that he would have been fired after year two, and it did happen. So we have seen crazy shit happen in the past. But uh, with Dable, I think even if it becomes a train wreck, I think based off of the first year, he'll get year three. But, like, <laughs> if this goes the way it's it's looking like it's going to go, like, next year, he's on the hot seat immediately. So that's how things can change quickly. So let's talk about this game. And the the offense, like, the team stats are a bit misleading. I'm not even really going to talk about that much. Of course, the turnover battle, the Giants lose 3 nothing. And the Giants, again, no turnovers through four games. It's going to be hard to win when when your offense sucks and you can't turn the ball over. You're not going to win many football games. Uh, time of possession, Giants, 36 minutes to 24 minutes. And again, that that is, you know, that makes sense. That makes sense because of how bad it was. Because, you know, look, you throw a pick six. You give up a big play to Noah Fant that puts him at the one-yard line. Like, Seahawks didn't have to do much, quite frankly. So... This game starts out, and it was very reminiscent to the Cowboys, where the Cowboy game, you had this really nice drive, and, you know, it stalls out. And that's what happened here. So, Wondell Robinson was one of the few bright spots. Uh, I should also mention Daniel Bellinger left the game with a knee injury pretty early. He made a catch, I, I think got hurt on it. Yeah, I think he's been banged up lately anyway. Um... Also, a defensive change, Cordell Flott, Trey Hawkins has pretty much been demoted, and so now Adore Jackson back to the outside, and Cordell Flott, who had been inactive at least once, maybe twice so far this season, was the starting nickel corner, and actually did make a nice tackle in this game, so that was uh, something different. But, uh, you know, a heavy involvement of Matt Breida, and boy, really no rushing success. Breida did have definitely, you know, in, in the passing game, receiving, you know, he did some stuff, but uh, definitely not 
in the run game. 14 for 30 for Breida. Uh, his longest run was five yards. So, um, yeah, Giants, you know, moving the ball pretty well. And eventually, though, and Jamal Adams got hurt. Jamal Adams, this is his first game in like a long, like in a year, I guess, or so. And he gets hurt in the first drive. Uh, it looked to be a concussion. I, I, I'm not positive if it was. Um, might have been something different. But anyway, you get to a third and three spot. And, and in their mind, it was four down territory. They were like, they had a good rhythm and they were passing the ball pretty effectively. They decided to do a Gary Brightwell two-yard run. So fourth and one, okay, you go for it, which is the right thing to do. And uh, Dale Jones gets stuffed. They try to QB sneak, which for most teams works, especially the Eagles. To me, I see, I mean, when I watch games, those are very effective. It was a long one yard, but they don't get it done. So that, that was, you know, that killed, you know, what was momentum. Like, the game could have looked, this game could have looked very different. If they take a 7 nothing lead, I do think that who knows what comes from that, right? I don't always believe in that sort of stuff, but I think here, that was a big loss. Then the next drive, the Seahawks go three and out, but not after it got close, where Kenneth Walker... They ruled he had a 73-yard touchdown run, but in fact, his elbow was down. Bobby Okereke, who we'll talk about him. I am just not overly impressed by Bobby Okereke. That was a nice tackle there. He made some plays in this game, but he he's so concerned about his celebrations. Dude, make the fucking tackle. Secure the tackle. He's so ready to, to celebrate when, when this team gets their ass kicked. Guys, you're losing. Like, you just look like a clown. So, but anyway... The call were you know it, it works in the favor of the Giants and uh, it was actually a pretty impressive defensive sequence there as Kayvon Thibodeau, who was also one of the few guys that did show up in this game, got to give him credit. Thibodeau sacks Geno Smith, and so the drive ends there, and then that's when Eric Ray muffs the punt, but luckily Nick McLeod recovers it. That was the last we saw of Eric Ray returning punts. Then the next drive starts out promising with the Daniel Jones 16-yard run. Darren Waller with a five-yard catch. Darren Waller uh, has done nothing as a giant, and, and you know I'm not sure like if if bl if blame is deserved in his direction, um, but he just has not really done anything. I mean, I mean he looked good in that. I mean that Arizona you know second half he looked good, but besides that, not a whole lot. But anyway, then Daniel Jones is sacked, and then on a third and eleven, an incomplete pass short to. Uh, to Darius Slade. I mean, what was that about exactly? And, and to be honest, that sack that Jones took, I, I thought that, you know, to me, Jones has avoided that in the past. He he didn't feel, and look, it was on his blind side, but I, I don't know that I, I have seen him a lot quicker to, to more instinctive. Um, so he takes that sack. And then the next play is just the joke. Uh, nothing good was going to come of it. Then the Giants pump, the Seahawks then, um, let's see, there was, the, they did get a first down, I think, at some point. They did, right? The first play to Noah Fant. But then they, they take some penalties. Seahawks took some penalties in this game, for sure. That cost them, and, um, luckily, they, they were able to, you know, the Seahawks did punt here, but it, it was, I don't know, there was a lot of, I'm not going to get into it, but there was a lot of different things that happened, but luckily the Giants do survive it. It, it was close, though. It was very close. Uh, DK Metcalf's foot was just out of bounds, otherwise that drive would have continued. And then, after a, a Wanda Robinson first down, the next play, Daniel Jones sacked, fumbled, and recovered by the Seahawks. Uh, this is late in the first quarter at the Giants' seven-yard line, so uh, is where the ball ends up. 
So that's a bad job right there. Of course, the offensive line fucks up, but Jones avoids the first one. And then it's like, you got to feel, I mean, that took so long. You got to know that there's someone near you. And again, he just seemed clueless. And the Seahawks recover the football. And then they, they score. On the second play, Smith to DK Metcalf. Now, if the Seahawks really wanted to exploit it, they could have. DK Metcalf uh, versus Deontay Banks was a was a big time mismatch that like the Seahawks they just didn't need to but I really think if they if, if the Giants were actually competitive offensively that's something that they should have taken advantage of. So the Seahawks take a 7 nothing lead. We go to the second quarter and let's see. Second quarter, you do get on a third down a big play to Matt Breida for 22 yards. Unfortunately, he goes down. Like if he stays up there, there's more yards to be had, at least 10, 15 more uh, yards and who knows, maybe even something bigger. Uh, and then nothing really happens. Where on second and six, Matt Breida loses five yards. The Giants don't have an offense that can basically afford to have negative plays. They are fucked if that happens. They, they can't make up for it. So the Giants punt it away. Seahawks get the ball back. Giants defense does the job on this drive. Um, yeah, Giants defense does... Yeah, they... Let's see. Where was... This is probably where the Geno Smith, yeah, this is where the Geno Smith injury happens on this drive, where Isaiah Simmons, you know, Isaiah Simmons uh, tackles him inbounds and then, and then, you know, into out of bounds. And I thought that it was clean. I heard differing opinions. I, I'm not sure what differently he should have done there. Smith was upset about it, um, and he would eventually leave the game. We'll get back to that. So the Giants get the ball back, and they do get their one field goal drive. Uh, it's a 12-play, 61-yard drive for 6 minutes and 11 seconds. Uh, Isaiah Hodgins has a first down catch. Breida with another big play, 22 yards again. Um, Hodgins with another catch. Wondell Robinson with a first down on a third and two. Um, you know, but then there's a Paris Campbell play where they lateral it to Paris Campbell who takes the sack. I think they were trying to do something there. I think he was trying to pass. I think he was trying to throw it and nothing opened up and they lost eight yards. But luckily for the Giants, they're able to get into field goal range and Graham Gano, who's like one of just the few guys in this team that is really good, um, hits a 55-yard field goal. So makes it 7-3. So as bad as things were and as bad as weird as things were, you're only done four at this point. But the, the Seahawks get the ball with three minutes left in the half. Drew Locke at quarterback. And they are able to get the job done in what was a really big drive. So, first off, a couple of first downs. Locke, Locke scrambles for 11. Metcalf, 12-yard catch. Two-minute warning. You have a third and 10 at the Seahawks 48. Big pivotal moment in this game, right? If you can get to halftime 7-3, like, you know, let's just... It, it's not as bad. You're not encouraged, but you're in it. Uh, very much in it. But what happens? Drew Locke finds a wide open Noah Fant, and they were teammates uh, together with the Denver Broncos in that Russell Wilson trade together. And he's wide open, and he's running down the sideline, and Bobby O'Karake can't push him out. Adore Jackson came close. At this point, by the time he gets to Adore Jackson, you're more like in between the 10 and 15-yard line. And Adore Jackson, it was close, but there was no conclusive evidence that he got him out. And still, not a great tackle attempt anyway. And originally, it was ruled a touchdown, but he was his knee was down at the one-yard line. And then uh, Kenneth Walker gets a one-yard touchdown. 
Uh, and the Seahawks take a 14-3 lead. And then the Giants, just with a really, really bad drive, as is normal for them in these end-of-half drives, they never really do a whole lot of anything. It's a three and out. Giants punt it away. Eventually, you get to halftime. It's 14-3 Seahawks. Then Seattle, uh, Geno Smith back in there. Engineers a decent drive. Seattle has all the momentum at this point. However, on fourth and one at the 15, they decided to go for it. I thought that was an interesting move by Pete Carroll. And I, I guess he probably did it because he was confident that, hey, if they don't score, you know, Giants will have the ball at their own 15. The defense will get it done. So he's not wrong in that sense. But they are able to make the stop. Uh, nicely defended play by Micah McFadden on Zach Charbonnet. Uh, and so the Giants get the ball back. And he, at this point, they go three and out. Jones is sacked twice on this drive. Uh, and so they punt it away. But again, this and, and with good and the Seahawks have good field position at this point. But the Giants defense pretty stingy. And Jason Myers misses a 53-yard field goal. So again, Seattle keeping the Giants in the game. And I guess at this point, the defense keeping the Giants in the game. Now here's the key, the key moment. So the Giants now they're at, they're starting to move the ball. They had decent field position after the missed field goal. Uh, there is a Daniel Jones run on a third down that gives him the first. You know, Jones is using his legs. And, you know, on a fourth and one at the Seattle 16, he scrambles for 10 yards for the first. Let's fast forward to second and goal at the five. Second goal at the five. Daniel Jones, a pass intended for Paris Campbell, which I don't know what was even going to happen there. Anyway, it was short of the end zone. It was pretty well covered. He is picked off by uh, Witherspoon, the number five overall pick from the Seattle Seahawks. Looks like a really good player. 97 yards to the house. Daniel Jones, uh, you know, in the open field, attempting to tackle, is not able to do it. And that is and that is the game right there, right? So you could have made it 14-10 possibly. Instead, it's 21-3. And this is an inexcusable interception by Daniel Jones. You just can't have it. There's no, you, you can't defend it. Uh, so 21-3. Game's over at that point. Giants. Um, so we go from the third quarter to the fourth quarter. And Giants were moving the ball on this drive, I guess, a little bit. Um, but eventually, let's see what happens here. Yeah, they converted. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, the, the game was basically over here. They convert on a fourth down, Wondell Robinson. And Jones is sacked a bunch. And they punted away. They punt it away. Then the Seahawks go three and out in the fourth quarter. Then the Giants, uh, there's an interception by Daniel Jones. And a really, I don't know what he was, I, I, he was just, I don't know who he was looking to. No one was open. But he, it was intended for Paris Campbell, I guess. And it's uh, picked off by Quandre Diggs. And it leads to a Seattle field goal. Jason Myers, 34 yards, makes it 24-3. Then the Giants turn it over on downs with a bunch more sacks. Again, the, the 11 sack number is a bit inflated because just a shit ton of them happened, you know, when the game was already over. Um, and then, uh, yeah, you know, then Drew Locke comes in the game. Tyrod Taylor comes in the game. Not much to speak of here. Giants lose 24-3, and they will now head to Miami. And then go to Buffalo, two of the uh, two of the best teams in the AFC. Miami coming off of uh, a beatdown themselves uh, at Buffalo, a division rival for them, and they got crushed. So they're going to be, you know, like I, I think that they're going to notice a drastic difference going from Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs to whatever the Giants are trying to pull off is going to feel a lot different for that defense. Uh, and don't because they gave up like what forty eight points this week. Uh, yeah, it'll be nothing close to that in Miami 
in week five. And then, like I said, they go to Buffalo after that. So you are staring at one and five in the face. You sit at one and three now. It's another season where, you know, it feels like it's over before it even began. And, you know, there's a lot of questions. And, you know, there's going to be a lot of criticism, deservedly so, whether that be to Joe Shane, Brian Dable and the coaching staff, Daniel Jones, Wherever it goes, it's very deserved. Just embarrassing football, especially at life on primetime. This 2023 Giants season is headed in a really bad direction, and it's only going to get worse as the Giants head to Miami next week.